So welcome back to another episode of the ATP Performance Podcast. Today, I'm joined um, by our guest, Sydney Masters, and it is um, great to have her here because she is our mental performance coach, um, mental performance specialist, and um, she actually works for the Arizona Diamondbacks as her full-time job, so it's really awesome to have her here and discuss a little bit more about her journey and go into things like we did with our other coaches, if you've seen any other episodes, um, just about her origin, kind of her background. And I think especially we were talking before the episode started that this will be a great one because it's something that I think is interesting to a lot of people that are listening to this as an athlete or just as a general population um, uh, person. And I think it'll be a good sort of uh, way to get to know her a little bit more. So um, yeah, so we can kind of get it right into things. Sydney, I, I was brief briefing her on how we'll, we'll go about things here, but um maybe just give a little bit of your background as far as maybe like your credentials, kind of, I know I touched on what you do a little bit already full time, um, but just give us a little bit of background on what you do. And then we'll kind of, we can go back a little further to, to when you were little or, you know, your sport background and that sort of thing, but um, fill us in a little bit, Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to be here. Cause I think like this, um, this field isn't always talked about or, or if it is spoken about, then um, what's, yeah, if it's spoken about, it's usually because it something bad has happened, right? Or, or something detrimental has happened. And I really think it, we could take advantage of it and be proactive uh, a little bit. So I'm glad that we're kind of getting the, the messages out and whatnot. Uh, but for my background, right, it, it really is, it's one of those things where I didn't know I'd end up being here at some point, right? I didn't know that this was, this was not like a dream of mine um, by any means. And so what I was always kind of like a, an active kid, like I danced, I played soccer my whole life. But at the end of the day, when I um, had the opportunity to get um, to to play soccer, right in college, I was like, oh, this is really exciting. Not D1 offers on anything. And, and that's actually how I ended up meeting James was that we played soccer um, around the same time at Juniata, which was great. And, and his wife, I played with her as well. So shout out to Allie. Um, I love it. I love she, it. Yeah. But she, uh, our, so our time play soccer, like didn't realize that I was even good enough to play at uh, even a small level, but it was enticing because it was something that I enjoyed doing. And so the ability to continue on with something I enjoyed, uh, I was excited about. And more specifically, it, the, the linear pattern now that I look back on my life as I've always made choices based on uh, the people that were there, right? So I really loved all of my teammates, all of the the people in that community and you know all of the friends that I've made throughout that time. But as an athlete, it was really great. Um, had, you know, through that experience and being an athlete, you just have different coaches along the way and learning about how different coaches kind of brought different aspects out of you really illuminated this, I, just just this aha moment of, wow, I didn't even know that was a thing that different people can bring things out of you. So it, it ended up being, uh, I really, honestly, I just like Googled, right? I Googled hey, sports and psychology, I really liked the psychology field, but I also learned what I didn't want to do. I did an internship in a prison for like a, um, a summer and it was pretty intense. And I thought I wanted to do kind of like clinical stuff. Uh, did not, <laughs> did not want to do that. And I was like, maybe when I was older, maybe when I'm, um, you know, maybe when I have more experience under my belt. Uh, so I, I learned first what I didn't want to do. Then I learned what I did want to do. And this wild thing of sports psychology kind of popped up in this mental performance field and uh, applied to a ton of schools, ended up choosing Ithaca College as my, as my um, 
as my graduate school. So I have a master's in sport and exercise science with a concentration in sports psychology. And then went to, or so spent time there. I, I honestly will elongated my degree a little bit, I feel like, because uh, I wanted to try so many different things. I wanted to okay. write a thesis, like I wanted to, because I didn't know if I wanted to go to get a PhD, but I really loved the applied work that I got. So the applied work, oh my gosh, I had so many different opportunities. So not only working with teams at Ithaca, Mm -hmm. or um yeah so not only working with teams at Ithaca but also um, some teams at Cornell because uh, that's they're in the same spot oh yeah and then um yeah I know right and that's then awesome. I was lucky enough um to get an internship with the Cleveland Guardians well Indians at the time but Guardians now in okay. like 2017 yeah so I spent a whole year kind of unwrapping what is wow. this what does this look like and what does yeah. this mean so yeah, so I mean, I fell in love with it, and I, um, I it was that point where I realized I, I said, wow, I can actually, I can do this, right? I feel mm -hmm. pretty confident that I can do this, and uh, I just kind of snowballed from there into meeting new people, more opportunities, and uh, really grateful for all of the people and, and opportunities that I've had for sure. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, in that pursuit. Right. We in our field, we have something called a CMPC, so a certified okay. mental performance um, consultant or a okay. coach, you know, whatever, fill in the C with however you kind of want. Yeah. But um, so that's kind of our like accreditation from our Association of Applied Sports Psychology. So it got those hours and got those, um, you know, the education. So that's been obviously helpful on my kind of trajectory from here mm -hmm. on out. Uh, but Honestly, it's been, yeah, well, I guess post the uh, internship, ended up going to the contracting for the military. So I went down okay. to Fort Bragg yeah, for two years. So That's I was got to be interesting. Yeah. 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 It yeah. was, it, it was different, right? You know, mm -hmm. I didn't really know anything about the military culture or, yeah. you know, you know what you read or, you know, what you hear, you know, yeah, what you see, yeah. but. Yeah, but it's totally different when you walk in the doors and you're like actually working with these these men and women. And for me, it was the soldiers that were training to become Green Berets and some, um, oh, wow. and and also like the their instructors, so their cadre too, like just helping and being a support system um, for them. So that's yeah, that's very pretty intense. Yeah, especially <laughs> yeah. like talk about yeah. a psychological aspect where a lot of them probably even physically could do it, you know, but they're just like getting over the mental aspect of a lot of their their like initial training and like I'm sure again from what the little I know like the standards and I have a few friends who are in the military and um just the hearing some of the stuff you know with, with becoming like a ranger or like a seal like mm -hmm. and then oh, I'm yeah. sure Green Beret is probably very similar in terms of like you're that's an elite group of people for sure so that I can only imagine was probably pretty intense was it more I don't want to compare it to working at the prison, but it's definitely more of a clinical setting. Like, did you, did you find that that was kind of, was it maybe not as stark of a, you know, you, where you didn't want to do it like the prison was, or was it kind of like, <laughs> oh, I, I can see where this is obviously, especially a great impact. You're obviously very impactful in terms of yeah. our society, you know, really yeah. at large, <laughs> right? Right. Like, yeah, I, I, maybe, I hope so. I feel like those, the guys, yeah. those guys are much more impactful, but um. But, but helping it, them, you know what I yeah. mean? Like for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's, 
you know, obviously on the performance side, I always view it on a spectrum, right? Okay. So there's performance and then there's kind of the, the mental health. And, and on one side, the, the performance piece is, hey, you're already, you're already pretty good. Your baseline is high, but let's get you more consistent. Let's get you to a place where you can, you know, move past discomfort into the areas or places that you want to go or reaching goals. Um, wherever you kind of see that potential go. And then mm -hmm. the mental health is kind of that performance restoration. So there's, sure. there's like performance enhancement and then the performance restoration side. So, hey, something in your baseline is is lower. You're maybe you're not yourself. Um, maybe you're more, you have, you have moments where there's more prolonged anxiousness outside of the performances, mm -hmm. or maybe there's some, you, you know, kind of lose identity a little bit. You're a little bit lost um, for the moment. And so how do we get back to like where your baseline of performance is? And so that's kind of where the, the mental health piece uh, fits in quite nicely. And, and obviously it, there's, it's a spectrum, so it'll blend a little bit, but yeah. at the end of the day for my, for my role and for, for ATP and, and for the Diamondbacks, it's always, it's mostly, it's about um, mental performance. So that's, uh, that's where I hang my hat. And what I did with the soldiers too, is it yeah. really was about like learning. So a lot of, a lot of my, um, a lot of the time I spent with them was kind of how do we efficiently learn something, remember something, uh, how do we communicate properly or not properly, but effectively, right? Like, mm -hmm. how do we do that? Uh, so yeah, that it, that's where a lot of, well, gosh, I still feel like I learned way more than I probably taught them, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you learn, right. Like you learn yeah. about like leadership and like what's effective and what's not and how to deal with different personalities. And, and just all for the great, like all for the ultimate mission, right? You become, yeah. It's not so much about me personally or my ego, or it's always, hey, let's take a step back and what's, what are we trying to achieve? What do we need to get done? How do we get there? And despite what's happening, maybe with that internal experience. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and I definitely can, that makes, that makes a lot of sense as, as far as like blending those two and not, not just being one or the other. Um, and kind of almost being fluid about which one is kind of more, you know, taking the lead at that moment or whatever the situation kind of presents itself. But as far as what you mentioned, it's one about uh, playing um, sports at a D3 level. I didn't end up playing sports. Uh, I didn't end up playing football, but I can definitely relate where I was. I was I ended up kind of deciding I was in a gray shirt, which I'm not from sure if you're familiar with at like the D3 level. So um, I kind of realized it's kind of like red shirting, but basically like you get that fifth year of eligibility, but you don't practice with the team. So my uh, young self okay. was like, oh, I'm just going to basically pay, you know, a ton of money and, you know, basically <laughs> work out. Right. So that that's actually funny enough what led me into my personal training career because I started to like oh, the cool. training aspect when I was yeah. training so much. But I can definitely relate as far as like where you're like, I, you know, at that point you're playing because you love it, you know, so that's really yeah. That's cool for sure. And also what you said, which really rang a bell um, was like when you realize that coaches can bring different things out of you and different coaches can do that. And oh, yeah. based on how they how they actually do that, I had, I had a huge impactful coach my, my senior year in football that actually led me to even want to maybe play college football. I would never wanted to do oh, that wow. beforehand. So I can definitely understand where I can bring something out of people, you know, that they otherwise yeah. wouldn't be able to really to do if they didn't have someone, you know, to consult with in that way, especially with someone yeah. so specific to, you know, outside of like a coach role, you know, that's on the field with them every day, you know, I think that that objectivity could be awesome. So, um, yeah. 
No, so that's perfect. So when you were in um your undergrad or like in your bachelor's, mm-hmm. what did you go to school for then? Because I know you were like kind of like, I didn't yeah. really know what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. What, what was that for then at that point? So my bachelor's ended up being um, psychology. So you can oh, okay. make your own. Yeah, like it's, yeah, sure. it's kind of u- unique in that way that you can I make see. your own major. And so I didn't really create a, a new major by, by any means, but it was psychology and Spanish, which were okay. my, my the, like, interests of the time yeah. right I always say oh. like hey I was I was interested in this it may not be well it makes sense for whatever career Definitely yeah, no, makes yeah. Sense now yeah yeah That's yeah awesome. but do, doing that when I was like a kiddo which I feel like I was um I did not know I was going to be where I am now so for it sure. ended up working nicely yeah that's awesome so when you so after you worked when you um when you worked for the Indians the, then Indians and mm-hmm. now Guardians do you um was that kind of when do you, do you think that you like really thought that I really like the sports aspect of things or maybe not even then when did that kind of um or I guess what led you to then getting you know tied up with the with the Diamondbacks and and uh and kind yeah. of moving into that side of things yeah so, I mean that first experience that I had uh, with the with the baseball team was really just kind of like the slap in the face of hey this is what it really looks like in the mm-hmm. real world and then I guess mostly knowing that you know, I enjoyed, I liked the sports aspect. I liked the fact that you could see these guys every day where you could mm-hmm. feel like you make an impact. Whereas like in the military, we didn't really get that privilege um, that much where, you know, you would go in maybe, you know, if you weren't embedded with a, with a unit or a team uh, um, or a, a part of the, I guess the, the schoolhouse, right. Or in a class, mm-hmm it was really hard to get to know these students because you would just pop in, you know, talk about a topic and then pop yeah. out. You know, I really like the one-on-one and I really like the the hands-on kind of experience that really like getting in the trenches is kind of what we call it. Um, around, yeah. What we call it is experiencing what they experience and, and being able to watch their performances more often than just like once in a while. So didn't get that necessarily in the military, kind of wanted that. And then my appetite to go back to sports was something that I was excited about because I, I don't know, I think the work, we're, we're working towards like behavior changes, right? We're looking, yeah. any performance is something, performance is observable, observable, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime that you can see something observably change on the field or in the performance setting, like that's a win because that means performance is like, that means you're getting, better at something or somewhere um so yeah I think that 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 kind of yeah that made me want to go back into sports go back into what I was just like I don't know that moment of being there with the guys which was really important to me so um that kind of it you know it just that off the offering you know again was kind of influenced by who I would be getting to work with I really Um, I knew our coordinator, our mental uh, performance coordinator prior to, because we had done an internship together at IMG and I just wanted to learn from him again. I really liked him and um, his name's Zach. And so that appealed to me. And then also the medical team, the, everybody else that was around um, in that organization just really appealed to me. So yeah, after (laughs) I was grateful enough to get the opportunity, but that's kind of what sparked it the move to begin with. So I've been there yeah. for like four years. Yeah. No, that makes sense though. Cause it, it sounds like um, a good way to maybe put it would be like, it's like more tangible, the result with 
like the baseball team or like a, a sports team, like where you're like, oh, this is like the tangible result, especially for them when they come back to you and kind of consult accordingly where they're like, no, 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 I feel like what we're doing is working. And then you can kind of, it's that relationship kind of almost like with like, mm-hmm. I can totally relate with like my clients, you know, obviously on totally different aspect yeah. and, uh, you know, playing, but yeah. you know, it's like the same sort of, uh, you know, collaboration. Cause like you said, me getting to know them is so key. And yeah, if it feels forced where you're like, all right, it's, you know, the one time I get to see you every once in a while, it's a yeah. lot harder, harder to do. Um, so I guess a good thing or a good topic I want to talk about would be what would be like an example, and we can talk about it maybe from our roles like ATP and, and like the bodybuilding world or an athlete and, um, you know, like a strongman CrossFit or, you know, any like we were talking about prior to a race, but also like what would be, you know, before we get into that, what would be maybe an example like from the team, like the, a normal sort of um maybe someone when someone reaches out to you what would that normally look like and then maybe what is that just like um sort of uh the consistent um, check-ins what are the what does that look like and is that something you do frequently um what are the both of those can maybe some examples what does that look like sydney yeah the so you know typically i mean there's i feel like we get a vast array of totally. things that we could talk about yeah right? yeah, but, yeah. Like, maybe just a few some, yeah 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 some that some that come to mind you know are let's say somebody, you know, everyone's big dream, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. dream is like, oh, I'm going to make it to the big leagues. You know, it's, I've been able to see some guys like achieve that dream, right? They debut, they be able to make that, that, um, that moment happen. But then there becomes this almost moment where they said, well, I achieved something that I've been working for my entire life. It's almost like, yeah, it's almost like, because the dream is achieved, the motivation can go down, right? So it's like, oh, well, what's the next thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And some guys don't always, maybe it's the, you know, the chip on the shoulder that got them to the big leagues because they were like, hey, you know, I got to fight because no one believed in me to do it or nobody, um, nobody, yeah, like, I just, I, I had that dog, right? He's like, I got the yeah. dog in me. And then yeah. when you get there, sometimes the the reverse happens where it's like, well, now the thing that was getting me to that moment and building me up to that Mm -hmm. moment, like I've got no dog because I've already shown everyone that I can do it. So sometimes we'll see that with the motivation and then it's a whole bit, it's a process of, okay, well, why do, why do you play to begin with? Like what was the initial reason, right? We're going back to kind of the things that you value. Like how do you wake up every day doing the same thing? staying as highly motivated as you can, disciplined as you can, even though your dreams are achieved, do you set new goals? Do you like reaffirm the things that are important to you to help mm-hmm. you make decisions every day uh, so you can achieve like your longer term goals? Yeah. So like that might be something where- That's good. That, That's interesting. Right? So like, and I feel like it kind of crosses over a little bit, especially with like the bodybuilding, like which is achievements, out, like, like you said, where it kind of yeah. almost like you hit that thing you've been always wanting, especially I can only imagine like hitting the majors yeah. where it's like, like, you know, oh my gosh, yeah. like this is what I've been literally dreaming of since a kid. Or like you said, or in this case, maybe like you win your pro card or you win like yeah. worlds or something, um, or you win, you know, a race that you've been always wanting to. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. like um yeah almost especially if you're in like in this case yeah. where you're like I want to obviously keep doing what I'm doing you know even you know if that motivation yeah. goes away so it's kind of almost like you said going back to yeah. that almost original why a little bit um yeah in a way for sure 
because like right at the end of the day when you when you do that and you achieve it it's like well what's going to help you push through all of these the crappy uncomfortable things that you went through to get to that point again because you mm -hmm. have to keep doing it every single day you know what's helping you kind of push push into that that space but i think that's one example and then honestly other ones are are really like guys um, not knowing how to be how to maintain consistency you know mm -hmm. minor league major league seasons are 140 plus games and you've got to show up almost the exact same so can, like routines like being consistent like baseball is about consistency so routines help with consistency um, and so sometimes you know in conjunction again this is a big collaboration with the player us coaches mm -hmm. um you know, medical, like what's the routine that they need to do every day that's going to at least put their body and their mind in the best position uh, possible so that they can show what they can do, right? Um, and not trying to like grasp at straws and be like, well, I hope, right? I hope that I show up really, really mm -hmm. well today. And it's like, well, let's control all of the things that we can yeah. control, which is like the routine piece and being a little mm -hmm. bit disciplined with that. And then let's then like trust, right? Like mm -hmm. trust that your body can do what you've been training it to do. Uh, so sometimes that can, that can be a thing that, that will get kind of called upon or, I mean, honestly, I'm a big, my bias in any performance is, uh, is um, attention, right? So mm -hmm. like if your attention isn't where it needs to be, when it oh. needs to be there for how long it needs to be there, then that you're probably not going to perform as well as you as you should as you could as you could. So we do a lot of mindfulness and meditation because that that is attention training um, mm -hmm. in itself. So mindfulness meditation is like the the essence of it, but to make it kind of I guess sexy, right? It's with attention training, yeah. right? So we do some some of that stuff uh, to to just illuminate to illuminate for for players. Um, are they even aware of what their internal dialogue and experience totally. is during Especially if that's like too, really so. negative or like like you said kind of almost yeah. fueling the negativity that they're feeling physically um that's mm -hmm. that's super interesting um one question i have and you said you worked with minor league players especially in the minors with like like baseball do you is that a really big thing where like someone maybe has like trouble like obviously like leveling up or like they've been in the minors for you know because you have those stories where people have been in the minors for like decades and it's like like is that mm -hmm. a big thing where like you have people almost come to a realization where they're like i am going to continue doing this because i love it and it's going to be the minors or you know what i mean like that sort of aspect of um you know the mental where it's like uh, you know, this is you to yeah. decide kind of thing, especially after years and years and years of struggling, um, or going back yeah. and forth, you know, like those types of guys, is that something sure. you deal with? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, the spectrum to, to a certain degree. So I will preface, like most of my work is done in the minor leagues, um, with our guys there. Uh, mm -hmm. but so we'll see, you know, what we'll see sometimes is, or what I've observed is because, they don't like there's no quit which is a good thing right mm -hmm. like you don't want somebody to quit uh, trying to achieve their their dreams or what they want um but sometimes there's like a real moment where you have to ask them of like hey are, are you are you happy is this what you want how sustainable totally. is this because i'm assuming it's kind of you're talking about that moment of, of like them realizing their career might be might be done yeah right? yeah and so yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, this is, this is really common in a lot of literature with like athletic transition, right? So like transitioning totally. from like your identity as an athlete to 
whoever you are um, post yeah. an athletic career, which is really difficult to do. And it's almost taboo to talk about um, mm-hmm. in a sense, because if you're, I, I mean, I don't view it as taboo. I think it's very important. Um, I was talking to somebody about, um, we we often think that we only have, or the, the way that we all speak societally about dreams is that you have one dream in your life and once mm-hmm. you achieve it, like you've achieved whatever. Yeah. But I think about like dreams in real life, every time you go to sleep, do you have the same dream every single night? Typically mm-hmm. not. You know, sure, there are some people that may, but you typically have more than one dream in your lifetime. And so yep. when I think about our awake state, when we're conscious, why not have multiple dreams, right? Why just be settled on one achievement that you want that defines your life? No, mm-hmm. we should we should talk about having different dreams outside of athletics or outside of you know, um, I don't know, school outside of what, just a variety, like any part of your life that, that you, like any identity that you hold. So whether it's an athlete, it's um, when your job, a father, son, like whatever that is, you should have dreams in all of those, I think, because then you get to be like a much more well-rounded person. Um, So yeah, I think that that's really important to just to try to get guys warmed up to the idea of like, let's just figure out like what you're excited about outside of baseball, right? Like, let's try to figure out what do you like to do that you know, you're passionate about yeah. and just start those conversations. Well, and especially I was going to say, just because they're probably so focused on that thing for so long, just because obviously it takes such a, a level of attention to become that even just get to the minors, you know, it's such a small amount of people. So it's like, you know, when you then are like, oh, no, no, you have to use your brain right now. Let's try to maybe think of something else. It's probably very difficult for a lot of those people. And I can relate to it on the small level of when I stopped playing sports, you know, at a competitive level, you're kind of just like, and I'm sure you can too, where you're like, okay, like there's a total a ton of structure that was built in where now I'm either doing that myself or you have to figure something else out. Um, that's, yeah. that's very interesting. And I bet there's also the people where maybe they do get into a slump or something and they're totally not at that point where their career is ending, but they then get in their own head where they kind of create that black sure. cloud of like, Oh my, if I keep going down this hole, I am going to, you know, my career is going to end, you know, and sure. like, that's probably a, a very common thing too. But yeah, um, yeah no, that's, that's super interesting. Yeah, I, I do think you just hit on a, another thing. You talk about like the up and down of any level, right? Whether it's yeah. like low A, high A, whatever. They, it often, we often like deem our value, again, as people as a whole, um, we often mm-hmm. deem our value on the value someone else places on us. And so totally. if you have an organization that says, oh, well, you're a, you're a um, high A pitcher this year, and then they send you back to low A mm-hmm. um, for a moment, even if it's a week or two weeks or whatever sometimes that can affect guys right like that can impact well do they see me as a low a pitcher now uh, am i not good enough or mm. whatever that may mean and and so we, we often talk about like where do you find your own value right so if somebody gives you value they can also take your value away but if you but how do you value yourself and then that's more constant and consistent because it's uh, you're less likely to get to let others impact how you view or what value you hold on yourself. And so that value also builds confidence in like your process and it builds like just belief in the things that you're doing day to day that are really powerful. Right. So I, I always talk to guys about how you what you do every day builds your value. And when you mm-hmm. can look at, OK, over a day, over a week, over a month, whatever you're doing 
how much value did that give you as the performer that you are? And so hold that value and then start building off of that instead of waiting for somebody to tell you what your value is. Right? I think that's a perfect segue into, into uh, physique sports because I think that is actually something, the main thing. So I, I've prepped uh, as a coach. A lot of my clients are like general population and you know just general health, um, recomposition, um, mainly that, that I work with, but I have prepped a few people. And a lot of the time when I, when I prepped people, it's been people that reached out to me when they were unfortunately in a situation that was, you know, a coach driving them really deep into, you know, low calories and, you know, extreme cardio and, you know, these negative situations were then, you know, not that I'm like a savior by any means, but they were just like, you know, I, we know that you're obviously very much more health and wellness focused rather than, you know, just a, trying to achieve a look. And so when I worked with these people, my first thing was like, you're entering a sport that's so subjective that you need to like, just like you were describing, put the value into trying to do the best you can, you know, and then beating that same person, you know, yourself the next time you do it. And I think it is almost inevitable that that's difficult in this sort of sport, which it is so subjective. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like we're baseball where it's like, all right, here's your average. Like, yep, it's tangible. I sure. saw you, you know, strike out or I saw you, yeah. you know, make make the hits, you know, uh, that you did or, you know, hit the average you did. And I think um, that is something maybe if you want to touch on that and then maybe kind of you can segue into, again, what would be, I think this is a perfect example, but what would be something that, you know, someone could reach out to you about in that sort of situation where they're in prep, um, they just got done with the show and they're like, they said I it was terrible, you know, I worked this hard, you know, and kind of maybe what that would look like for someone in those situations and, and what that might, um, you know, just entail from your end. Yeah, I, I mean, if I'm, hopefully I understand the whole breadth of the question, but I think that's yeah. like, you know, when you have a, a subjective, when you're subjectively graded, it's almost mm-hmm. even more important um, to, to know yeah. that 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 score or that grade is 1000%, 100% outside of your control. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard. It's really hard to feel good about something when you've put a lot of effort and work in when you're being, when the, the, the outcome is subjective, but it feels very objective, right? Because yeah. then you start the social comparison of like, well, what is that? What does that person have that I don't? Mm-hmm. Or what is this person like? Oh, is it, is it, the way that this muscle p- like pokes out more literally or more yeah defined or so little right? things and it, yeah and it yeah. goes you go crazy almost yeah yeah and and so it's <clears throat> so I, I find one if you don't get the result that you want for like I would take a step back and when you when you start hearing the what is it about them over me that's when we that's when we got to put a pause on it because now it's a social comparison thing looking at, I'm, I'm assuming, and I, again, I've never been a, a, a physique um, bodybuilder or athlete, com- yeah. competitive, yeah. competitive athlete in that way. Um, but I'm assuming at the end of the day, like you have certain metrics that are important for you to kind of master that you want and where you need to be based on the work that you've done with your coaches. Totally. And that is, that should be your golden marker. If you have achieved the things that you had set out to do, Mm-hmm. That which was on a thousand percent in your control. You had the discipline to do it, the commitment to do it. That is your rubric, right? Those goals that you wrote down at the beginning or those metrics that you wrote down at the beginning of that meeting, that is your that is your outcome because that is no longer subjective. Now you can work off of that, but it's really hard to work off something that has no rubric and is somebody's opinion. 
Right? That's what's really hard, especially like gymnastics. Like, <laughs> like yeah. think about any any of those super sports subjective. Yeah, yeah, super. It's subjective. like an art, so, you know, and like one person's interpretation could be very different than another. Yeah, especially a judge. Yeah, even. yeah, yep. Yeah, and totally. I think everyone would thinks they're consistent, but they're not. Um, yeah. and that's okay. But how do you how do you not get discouraged? I, I mean, at the end of the day, when you work within the physique performances it's it's really difficult to to hold that that objective or that subjective opinion versus like the objective goals that you had and so if you can go back to those objective goals and the metrics that that you were really proud of or excited to achieve when you set out um, mm -hmm. you know though maybe it doesn't feel good enough knowing that what you did though looking at the gain instead of the gap Right. So looking at the gain from when you started to where you finished rather than the gap between like, well, what's what's me not being good enough compared to the person that won? Like that's working off of a gap and we can't get any better if we're we're focusing on a gap. We need to focus on on the gain, especially in a subjective scoring scoring performance from from my opinion um, or from what I've seen. Uh, yeah. But I think when it when it comes to the answer to the second part of your question, when it comes to of why maybe people would reach out I think um like reaffirming you know reaffirming and, and being prepared to work through like the social comparison like trying not to compare yourself uh and being very strong strong-willed to to really focus on what what you started this whole journey for right like thinking about why why was competing important to you mm -hmm. uh, and so getting back to again that why is is good I think also you know you know, not only is it very, like these, these performances are very discipline driven and I give a lot mm -hmm. of kudos to a lot of people because it's not a lot of people have as much discipline as, as, as others. And you can really see it in some of these, these physique performances or, or athletic feats. And so sometimes with that discipline comes a lot of control and mm -hmm. it's very hard to give up control. And again, discipline and control for me are on a spectrum. Uh, they are they are almost one of the same, but like too much discipline can make you inflexible, uh, right. Mm -hmm. And can make mm -hmm. you want to like be grasping at, at parts to control. Um, and yeah. it's really hard to give up that control, uh, to other people, right. If you're working Especially when you're coach, being judged too, or yeah. like, it's, that's yes. the epitome of giving up that control. Right. Um, yeah, but no, coaching too, coaching too, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that being, being judged, because then you're like, wait, I did, I did everything the way I wanted to, to do it. Um, and then at the end of the, at the end of the day, you're like, well, I controlled everything. Sometimes we can just really internalize that what is like the self-esteem piece of like, am totally. I just not good enough? And it's like, whoa, you're doing what, what very yeah. small percentage of the population is doing. You are more than good enough. It, yes. We just need to reassess the focus, like where the, where is your scope, right? Totally. Because, so I think it's sometimes it's a scope readjustment or a calibration. We're yeah. talking like gun wise, <laughs> yeah, but like re you can re reframing yeah. it almost in a way like of what yeah. you objectively are measuring as like the you know the win or the progress um, outside yeah. of literally winning. Uh, totally. Yeah. But oh, I I think that that's really interesting too because you always get um I've like I said we were talking before I think the podcast is recorded but I've never competed myself personally so I can only go off you know what I've learned from people that I've prepped or you know just a lot of pe close people to me um that have competed and you always get feedback from the judges and so I think that that that's a tough thing too where 
you then have to take that feedback because obviously you want to maybe take like pieces of it where you're like, okay, this could maybe be constructive. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it could also be like a double-edged sword, like you were saying, mm -hmm. kind of same with the discipline where you're so disciplined, you think that everything's dialed in and then kind of like almost taking a math test and you feel like you did great and you failed, you know, <laughs> like it almost feels like that in a way where it's like, no, no, no. Like, and that's where I think it really goes back to having a team and a good coach that can really help you, you mm -hmm. know, say, Hey, no, 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 you did better than you ever have. Like, let's focus on, you know, bringing the best package for you. And I think, um, to answer my own question, someone reaching out to you before, which I think is something that I thought about as far as being a problem that I often, you know, kind of is my, one of my bullet point questions before someone, when they want to compete is what you said, why do you want to compete? Because I think that yeah. is such an important question, because if it's outside validation, that is mm. an, any major piece of that pie. Yeah. We probably need to rethink maybe why we're doing it, you know? And if, you yeah. know, if it's maybe, you know, a little bit where you're like, okay, no, 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 I do want to feel good. I want to be confident. It's like, okay, that's, that's normal. You know, who doesn't want to do that? It's probably, probably part yeah. of, you know, the allure, Yeah, but yeah, it can't be the only thing because like that will really, like you said, it's a recipe to set you up for competing and not being satisfied, you know, at some point. Yeah, so. for sure. But you, you bring up a good point, even if competing or even if like starting working out in it or doing something right is to feel good or is to feel confident. Well, those are still really intent. Like those are tangibles. And so we have to then define those because those are so there's super valid reasons, but like, okay, what does feeling good mean to you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, does it mean being able to fit into a different set of clothes or a different size? And then, okay. Yeah. Is that really, is that really what we're, is that appropriate then? You know, is that not seeking external validation from, you know, feeling like you can brag about like, Oh, I fit into this uh, size. Right. Or what, or it's like, well, what does confidence feel like mean to you? Oh, yeah. confidence means being able to like, walk with my chest out high mm -hmm. because I'm proud of myself. And it's like, that's more of an internal work than an, out, an external work, right? So to be proud of yourself or to have high self-worth or high self-esteem, that doesn't, that, you know, being, doing things, something physical can help with that. But at the end of the day, you can only be so physical and then you've got to take care of the internal stuff, the internal work that actually is, um, can help build that so you can walk like there is no you have no physical ailment to not walk with your chest uh, high, I see. right yeah I see. and so it's like you can do it but there's something holding you back and it's not necessarily the physicality there's something maybe holding you back that maybe you don't believe in yourself or maybe you you know need some to, some work on like the self-talk or like what makes you happy and so I think there's some deeper questions that even if they seem maybe not for the right reasons maybe it, we could get there for the right reasons, right? Just depending on the questions that you're asking yourself that's, or your, your clients. Yeah, no, that's super important. And I think um, it reminds me of something, I think it is like a psychology sort of concept. Um, it might be like, I might be making this up, but is it, is it like Goodhart's law maybe, but it's something I use it with like weight loss. Uh, that might not be what it is, but it basically the concept is like, um, like when my clients focus too heavily on the number on the scale, I always mm -hmm. remind them, I go, well, what do you want to do these, you know, what do you want to make these changes for? And most of the time they're like, well, I want to be healthier. You know, like, what is the real reason? Like, I want to live longer. Like, and we kind of get to that root. Yeah. And then when I go, okay, well then, you know, why are we doing unhealthy things like unhealthy, mm -hmm. actual, you know, cutting calories, yeah. cutting out foods we love, like all these like, you know, crazy yeah. you know, uh, punishing ourselves with exercise. 
And then all of yeah. a sudden you're losing sight of what we're actually trying to do just because we're focusing on this number. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. I was going to say, it's kind of like something that I just came about just because when people focus too, you know, heavily on the scale where it's like, you know, I'm like, Hey, if you felt miserable, you know, and you just retire hungry all the time, but the number went down, you know, to that number you wanted, like, would you really be happy? You know, most people are like, well, no, I'm like, well, that's kind of what you're doing, you know, sometimes right now. So it's always um, like kind of a, a battle there, but um, yeah, yeah, I think we're always like chasing that feeling though. There's a, there's a yeah. feeling. And so what I, what I don't That's think true. a lot of people understand is that feelings are temporary. Like feelings don't last forever. And so mm-hmm. if you're, tra- if you're, they might feel like they do, right? Like if you're sad yeah. and you're sad for a good reason, like it feels like it's never ending. Right. But, totally. but at the end of the day, like if you've ever been sad, you're not sad right now. Um, you know, barring maybe some, some clinical issues potentially, mm-hmm. but, but, um, I think we all try to chase a feeling and it's, it's never permanent. And so Mm -hmm. I, I try to shift off of, okay, let's get away from trying to chase a feeling and what are the behaviors that may get you there? And let's focus on those behaviors. Right. So like, like for, I mean, honestly, we talked about confidence, so this is probably me backtracking, but sometimes like I, I challenge guys where they're like, Oh, I just want to feel confident. or I just want to feel good. And you're like, oof, that's tough because you can't will confidence to happen, but you can like act confidently. So what are the, what are the behaviors that help you feel confident? Well, it's my preparation, right? It's my preparation. It's when I wake up on time or I don't have to rush to the field or I don't like anything that's again, within your control, like your feelings, I, despite popular belief, our feelings are not always in our control. Like they just kind of occur or happen. Um, So again, if, if anyone's hooked on a feeling, the challenge for that for me would be, okay, well, have you had that feeling before? What got you there? Or here are some things that we should try to see if you get that feeling like just briefly. Mm -hmm. And if you get that feeling briefly, like let's keep doing those, those behaviors or those patterns or those performances, because maybe we'll be lucky enough that the feeling will come again, but we're not going to rely on the feeling, right? We're not going to rely on it to help us like have our self-confidence or our belief or whatever it is, um, or to perform. Like, I'm sure you've run across people like, I don't feel like going to the gym today. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's tough, right? Like, yeah, super tough. Cause it's almost like you got to ingrain the habit. Like, like, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately is, is, you know, is like annoying as like, you know, got to be disciplined like that. And that's, I think a good point where you're talking about reframing that and not being like no no no, like it's just what do you have to do like like almost a checklist um yeah. that's important yeah. I think that that's probably huge with you with um and I think it probably relates a lot to what we're talking about with physique sports because yeah like if you have everything dialed in with the, like the things you can tangibly track like you know and I think that's probably where the huge amount of control comes in because that's you know seems obvious um with mm-hmm. with physique sports but um at the end of the day though that can also help you where if you've hit all those numbers and all those metrics that you want you know it can give you hopefully that feeling like you're describing yeah. kind of tap into that um uh that 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 place that you want to be kind of almost like that flow state for you know uh to use another term but um yeah no that that makes complete sense and um i guess really as far as like like otherwise, and we kind of already touched on it a little bit, what would be, you know, someone listening to this, especially if someone maybe has got a big race coming up or they're trying, you know, just to make some healthier um, uh, habit changes for themselves um, or they have a prep coming up, 
what does that look like if, if they're wanting to reach out to you and, and, and what is, you know, something that, um, or a few things that they can kind of benefit from just as maybe an athlete, um, you know, or yeah. a member of the general population, yeah. Sydney. Yeah. I, I think what well, it's going to be a little bit specific to that person, but I, totally. I think in, you know, leading up to a competition, like sometimes like doubts creep in, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, did I, did, was my training enough? Was, did I do this right? Like, you know, so I, I think we can always psych you know, regardless of whatever you're doing, I think we can all psych ourselves out to, to get in the fear mode of, um, am I good enough? Right. I always say, and it's probably, I'm going to come back to like the same, like five themes probably, but it all no, kind of stems sure. from there. Right. Like it's the, the doubt that creeps in when you're like, Ooh, is this good enough? And it's the fear. Oh, yeah. And it's almost like, instead of trying to not feel it, right? Instead mm-hmm. of trying to get rid of the fear, instead of trying to like shove it in the closet, I say you have to welcome it. And so uh-huh. one way to like welcome it is the, because it's just, it's to help us. It's to protect ourselves, right? Our mm-hmm. brain's like goal is to protect ourselves. So if we start doubting ourselves, then our, our brain is like, well, then you won't put your body in that position to be embarrassed or let down or oh, yeah. um, fill in any uncomfortable shame, like emotion yep. that you might feel. So our brain's like doing its job really well. It's trying to protect us from feeling certain feeling, but it's not helping us, you know, try to move past the discomfort zone. So you've got to welcome it in. And by doing that, you could do some, getting all of those thoughts out on paper. Like I think journaling close to competition or close to prep, mm-hmm. especially big moments when you've been doing this for a year, two years, however long you've been kind of on this goal. Like it's important to write that stuff down and, and don't let it take up space in your brain and like in your head. Cause I always say like, if those thoughts are not paying rent, they shouldn't be in your brain, like, like take that. it up space, you know? So get it out, you know, get it out and write it on paper. Do you ever recommend people like that maybe have like a doubt, like, like for instance, like if I have a competition coming up, do you ever have them like think about if they don't reach that goal or something? You know what I mean? Like if that, if it does go the way, the way that they don't like, do you know what I mean? Like almost kind of preemptively thinking about, like how they would feel if that didn't, you know, go the way that they want to almost like soften the blow a little bit, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. Do you, do you get what I mean? Like, um, like, I guess like we're, we're, uh, for instance, if someone, you know, I was doing right. a prep and then someone, you know, you know, came to you and they're like, oh, I'm really worried, you know, I'm not going to, you know, win the show or, you know, and then just being like, well, what if you didn't win the show? Like, would that be okay? Yeah. Like, and then it kind of goes back to what we were talking about of like reframing your, your measures or progress, I think, but, um, yeah. is that kind of something that would make sense? Like just to kind of think mm-hmm. like, okay, like let's, let's yeah. have that feeling almost like what you're saying, inviting that feeling of like, yeah, that is the worst possible outcome you would want. And it's like scaring you. And it's like, well, no, 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 let's just think about what would happen then, you know, yeah. and almost, and then you have almost like a plan, if that makes sense. Like if that sure. does happen, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I don't know. So it could, right. I think that's uh, like one strategy for, I think it'd probably be like the the right person, right? Like I, I see. you can do, you can do like uh, argument for and argument against. So like, okay. okay, like, Hey, you have this issue. You've got all of these thoughts swirling around, like in this big moment, if you're having doubts, like let's list out all of the reasons why you don't think you will. Um, I see you know, achieve this. Okay. And so now let's list out all the reasons why you would achieve Mm -hmm. this. Right. Or like why, you know, you're going to, to be able to like, uh, get or not get close, but like all of the things that, that are in your, in your corner basically. And so it's kind of like a a debate in a sense. And I'm sure you'd see the crossover between Mm -hmm. the two lists. Like 
well, here's all the reasons why I think I, I won't. And then you can argue it. So all the reasons that you would for, mm -hmm. like argue against the reasons you want it. And so kind of have that law debate in your own, in your own, well, From maybe an outsider's with a coach perspective, or whatever. Almost kind of in a way, like, cause you're yeah. like, kind of can see it objectively. I think that's super important where right? I always try to say yeah. like, you know, like uh, if you're your own best friend, you know, how would you speak to yourself about the situation? You know, like, I think that that sure. is really important for people to like, okay, you know, that gives me a little bit, because it's like, you want to be that, you know, stern and be honest with the best friend, but you know, you don't, you don't want to be hard on them, you know, or be like yeah. uh, ruthless or hurt them, you know? So for sure. I think that is something I like to use, but yeah, no, I think this has been awesome, Sydney. I was going to say, is there anything like that you want to maybe leave with anyone listening, especially if they're like a client of ours at ATP or just someone who's, you know, not uh, a client, but someone who does, you know, yeah. uh, work out or, you know, or has any sort of uh, thinks has a brain. Yeah. I think any, any yeah. person in that, in that category qualifies. Um, is there anything yeah. you want to leave with, with kind of everyone before they, um, we head out of here? Yeah. I mean, I think for any, any clients that we've got, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. everything is individualized, right? Like what somebody else is dealing with, um, you know, you guys may deal with the same thing, but it's going to be different because of the perspective and context that we all bring to, to our own competition. So for sure, uh, more performances. So for everybody listening, like if you want, there's my approach is very individualized. So mm -hmm. just let's have a conversation and figure out, you know, how we can best, how I can best support you and, and kind of be that guide. And then for just like everybody in life with a brain that works, like <laughs> I, I was telling somebody else about this, but our, our brains are not inherently unique to one another. It's like, yes, mm -hmm. there's some discrepancies, but at the end of the day, those that are really, really good and elite at what they do, they have the ability to kind of um, work around the natural biology of the brain. So the things that keep us protected or the things or the thoughts that keep us safe and protect us from any like psychological harm like the shame guilt like letting ourselves mm -hmm. down embarrassment etc people that are really good at what they do in our elite can work past that discomfort and those thoughts and that won't impede them from trying to achieve what they've set out to do and what they know they can do so that would be that would be mine work against that natural brain you know yeah to be elite. that's interesting though especially because um like it makes sense almost just by the fact that they're elite that they're able to do that Right. Almost like it's almost like a proof in the pudding kind of thing. Right. Sure. I think anybody right? can do it. It just takes a little bit of training. Right. I, I takes, see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. It takes knowing that like we're all we're all cut from the same cloth. I see. When Applying I see it, that yeah. elite mentality. I yeah. see. No, no, no. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyone can do that. I totally get what you're saying now. That yeah. makes sense. It just takes a little practice. That's all. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So if you if you're interested in working with her, whether you're a client of ours um, or you end up uh, becoming Clydenars in the future. Um, Sydney is someone you can, uh, she has a wealth of knowledge. So you, you have access to her and um, you can meet with her, kind of discuss things like she was saying and develop that one-on-one -on -one approach um, accordingly. So yeah, visit our website. We have our, um, uh, we have the mental performance um, consultant tab on there. Otherwise you can just fill out a normal contact form and put Sydney's name and preferred coach, if that's what you're looking for. Um, but yeah, but thank you so much for um, taking the time. Sydney was really awesome. This I think was a wealth of knowledge. So I, I definitely learned a lot myself. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, we will, uh, we'll talk to you guys in the next one. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon. Thanks again.